What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back to Ace for Alcoholic. The journey of two young men turned old through the ways of (laughs) whiskey, wanton, wanton ways, wanton ways of whiskey and wine and women women women. who are sick of our shit yes um the journey of two men through their psyche and their bodies exploring our bodies together (laughs) it's true (laughs) body mind and soul i um exploring you know it's funny when i i sometimes get messages from people saying like i'm started listening to you from the beginning and i'm here or i'm i'm you know this many back behind and i and i guess there Mm -hmm. is a bit of a uh, narrative to it. I mean, I, I I don't think you need to like listen to last week's to understand this week's or anything like that. Like, there's no, but there's definitely like shifts in our discussion of things and uh-huh. shifts in our comfortability discussing certain things. Really, but well, I think in the beginning there was very much this sort of hesitation about how to talk about being in the program that we're in, you know, and yeah. and not have it be some promotional tool for like, hey, there's this really great program. All you got to do is, you know, this, that, and the other. So Yeah, all you got to do is train wreck your life because mm. you can't help it. So You can't help but train wreck. <clears throat> there's a couple of things I want to, um, off the top uh, before we go. So... Next week, if anyone's interested, we're going to be um, kind of reviewing or discussing the book John Barleycorn, and I don't want to mm-hmm. give away too much of what that is. It's a Jack London book. It was written in like 1910 or something like that. Yeah, 1907 like over or something. years ago. Yeah. So it was it was definitely before AA and, and any other 12-step programs, which um, Jerry was a little bit annoyed, I think, at one point. Cause you, I got hot takes yeah, on yes. John Barleycorn. Yes. Yeah, so, I'm saving my hot takes. So we're going to discuss that next week. So if anybody wants to download the audiobook or uh, wants to read along so you know what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, right. It's like a six-hour audiobook on Audible. Yeah. I downloaded it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um, I had to because I didn't have time to read it at night. I yeah. just would pass out. Yeah. So I listen to it while I paint. Um, And I think, too... You know what I've I realized too? Overdrive is an app that ho- hooks up to your library, and you can get a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff for free, like you know Kindle yes. stuff um, and audiobooks oh, for I free. Um, I don't have a fucking library card, dude. Well, <sighs> and the library's closed. Just closed. Well, it's no open curbside today. It's opening today for the first time. Well, mm. I, I can't even go get the library card. I have to go in person and take a piece of mail. Or- it's mm. there's a lot of moving parts, man. Yeah, just, it's just too much, you know. <laughs> mm, I do, I do. I, the tedious, the tediousness of errands is obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the week after that, I think our good friend Coda is going to join us again. Oh, he's back. He's boys back. are back in town, man. I talked yeah. to him on the phone the other day, and it was great. Yeah, good old that Coda spirit, dude. I swear to God. He's I don't know, man. He's just got that desert spirit. I love him for that. He's like an old coyote. I'm, <laughs> it's like an old coyote that's a good way of putting it dude like he's not native american but he I, he's like one of those dudes that like i imagine just kicks it with tons of native americans mm-hmm. and like takes their wisdom on and he's just, just I, I i don't know man yeah he's he's a very um 
He does have a certain level of wisdom. Not that I want to blow smoke up his ass right now. But. No, not at all. Yeah, and, and like I have to tread carefully because Coda in no way is a Native American in any way. I just picture him just into the desert, just staring at the vistas. Yeah, you know, from a fucking nice mesa or something. Vaping contemptibly, contemptibly. Vaping. Oh, is he vaping now too? I don't know. I think he was, or maybe he wasn't, or he was trying to. I don't know. I know he quit smoking. smoking. Those Marlboro lights. Yeah. Looking I, at the horizon, being like, it's a big sky. You know what, Johnny? <laughs> it's a big sky, Johnny. He, uh, so he's going to join us next week, I think. Great. Um, Looking we'll, forward to we'll it. Organize Not next that. week, week after. Week right? after. Yeah. 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 Um, and um, now I talked to him last night, too. And he said, you know, I really like, I like watching you guys on YouTube, which, by the way, if you don't know, we're, we're on YouTube as well. Um, you yeah. can go check us out. And A is for alcohol. Put a face. Put a face to the voice. Right. I shower for this, man. Yeah, I haven't. I, mm-hmm. My hair is it's getting wild. Um, mm-hmm. But he said, you know, one of the things, I'll watch it for like 10 or 15 minutes, and then I'll turn it off. And he's like, I was just getting frustrated because I wanted to chime in and be like, you know what? Mm-hmm. And the thing I like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I like about Coda is like, and that I, I know that I need is sometimes he'll call you on your bullshit. He'll keep you honest oh, yeah. and be like. Mm-hmm. No, nah, man, that's not what's going on there. You're just full of shit or you're, you know, you're blowing smoke up your own ass about this, that and the other. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think, you know, we try to be as genuine as possible, but it's a podcast right. and there's microphones and we're recording and we're aware of that. And so it can be performative. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're doing all that. And then I also had a conversation with a gentleman by the name of Chris Marshall and he is the founder of Sands Bar, which is a alcohol-free bar that's based out of Austin, Texas. Texas. Rad. Yeah. So, and they, a couple, I guess it, it was, we talk all about it, but he did pop-ups and like did a tour in 2019 around the country. And then they got a brick and mortar place in Austin. And, you know, he talks about like, he's like, the cocktails are great, but it's more about the community and the connection that I think a lot of us are so sorely lacking when we're drinking, you know, think that's what yes, we're looking yeah. for when we go into a bar. I mean, I don't know. I, I it's, it's funny to think about it. Like, yeah. Why would you think about going into a bar and just having fun just to have a drink? And right. You, mm-hmm. When you, when you start peeling back the stinky layers of the alcoholic mind and brain and all that stuff, like there's that idea of, I need to find my tribe. I need to find my people. I need to find yeah. some mm-hmm. kind of friendly interaction. And we definitely love to pay for that for the bartender, mm-hmm. you know, from the bartender yeah. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those things coming up in the next few weeks. And um, I wanted to, I thought we would do today's letter is I for I don't need to drink to act alcoholically. Man, that's a mouthful. <laughs> that's a mouthful. And it basically just the but idea. It's a good concept. Yeah, just the, basically that the idea is a is a set of behaviors that we learned that I feel for me was just hyper reinforced with alcohol. Um, and to the point and to the extent, as you know, we drink. It feels good. We drink some more. It feels really good. We drink some more. We black out. So we don't remember a lot. You know what? A lot of it is we don't remember all that bad shit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you get to the point where you're blacking out or browning out, as we used to say, you just don't mm-hmm. remember it. So you're like, oh, then yeah. there's a bad shit. And you wake up and you go, oh, hell, what did I do And this? And and we don't really in the hangover, in the hungover state, we're not really interested in repairing our life or relationships or financial obligations right you're just like fuck i just want to feel better because i feel so sick and what's the thing that makes you feel better right booze the booze um did you did you um were you you weren't much of a morning drinker were you not till the end i don't know why that was i hopped on that so hard i came in hot on that one but no not till the end uh, probably not to like the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I just kind of rode the hangover out and then just waited it out. I waited it out until it was appropriate for me. Cause I was still in that denial phase where I was like, yo, gotta wait till at least between three to five. 
you know, and then it was like, but wait till one to five. And then it was just like, just have a couple beers and you wake up just to write it out. Cause beer's not, I used to say all the time, beer's not drinking. Yeah. That's not drinking. Yeah. All the time. They'd be, you know, I'd be somewhere drinking a beer, hanging out with everybody. And they're like, why are you drinking beer so early? And I'd be like, beer's not drinking. That's not, beer's not real alcohol. That's like, <laughs> It's just farts in a can with a little bit of booze in it. You know? Uh-huh. I remember yeah. one time being at Mama's Mexican Kitchen in Belltown in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I had I was drinking with some people and we'd been it was one of these, you know, drinking tequila at like twelve or one o'clock in the afternoon kind of days. Right. Day and drunk. Day yeah. drunk for sure. And we used to go well, first we go to the whiskey bar because you could do dollar shots of well tequila, which Yeah. Ugh. But so the story is, is that I had, <sighs> I know, right? I had yeah. money for a friend or I had their paycheck from work and they were coming by to pick it up. And mm-hmm. at one point during the knowing that I was going to be drinking for a lot longer and it was already, it had already been several hours and I still had several hours to go. So we were stopping, we were having a pit stop to eat, but I was drinking a beer and I remember saying something to him or there was some conversation about um oh i'm drinking this beer to sober up (laughs) (laughs) and i remember saying that oh yeah and really Mm -hmm. believing it that that was Mm -hmm. this was just in between this was just the interim until the next like we're gonna go pound some more shots more rounds yeah Mm -hmm. before we go to the next whiskey bar or go get some more rumple mints at wherever it was and whatever the fuck we were drinking. I think it was mostly tequila at that point. And it was like summer and whatever. But, um, so it's, it's a lot of these behaviors that I get into and I know that one big one, and there's a lot of shit going on in the world and you know, the, the bad news keeps coming and, um, I can't go outside and breathe the air in Northern California right now, at least not directly no. and not for a very long time. It's, it's, it's deemed unhealthy right now. And you, I don't even need to, um, uh, see the sky. I can just see like the quality of the light has got that sort of reddish orange haze. Yeah. So yeah. all these things that I would use to kind of combat my alcoholic thinking with, which, you know, is exercise and running and being outside. I can't even do those things right now, but I, I still have to go to work. Right. So I go to work tonight and uh, I'm waiting tables, which tables are outside. So like I'm going to wear That's a mask crazy, and people are going to come, yeah. they're going to come and they're going to sit down. And you know, the other day I was like wiping ash off the table and yeah. you know, the wind blows back and forth and it may change and shift in the next few hours. But like, it is crazy. It's totally. And I, I was getting overwhelmed with this, the idea of, like what is this fucking this is the real dystopian is happening here like i'm wiping ash off the table so that i can present you with your next course and right <laughs> yeah wow yeah damn. and i was really getting down and then you know i've been kind of this whole year i did not because the running slowed down and then i didn't mm-hmm. have something else to kind of cope with things you know, my eating habits, which didn't, they weren't horrible and didn't go back to, you know, two pints of ice cream before bed. Actually, it's been no ice cream, but, you know, things like sitting down with a bag of almonds or cashews. And um, I noticed this too, where I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll get some cashews or I'll get some almonds. And then I'll crush like half a bag, which is like two cups. And, you know, we can go into the specifics yeah. of calorie counting. It's a lot of not. calories. It's yeah. a lot of calories. And um, so it's one of the reasons why I have not been able to shake the last 10 or 15 pounds that I've wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, so that happened last night with a bag of cashews. And I have to remind cashews myself. Cashews are really good, though. They're Can't really fucking good. Um, yeah. So I'm going to write it on my whiteboard behind me here. Um, but And I don't want to get too graphic, although it is a podcast um, and it is you know explicit. But I'm basically, I'm just going to write nuts equals cramps and that there's mm-hmm. there's definitely some gastrointestinal distress that comes with eating two cups of nuts are you just like farting your dick off dude no i can't <laughs> i wake up with cramps and then like i have just i'm on the pot man i'm just like oh, oh dude. man yeah mm-hmm. and i don't doesn't feel healthy it doesn't feel healthy when i'm doing it and it doesn't feel healthy afterwards like there's a definite like 
it re- reminds me of drinking. Well, it kind of tastes, yes, it feels it good in the yeah. moment. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. My brain is, my tongue, my mouth, my taste buds. Yeah, let's do this. This it's is all really firing. Good. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You feel better. You don't have to think about all the fucking evil shit that's going on out there or the fact that you can't go outside or that, you know, you have a job that is unfulfilling or whatever other, you know, things like, oh, I'm overweight, which I'm not. But, you know, that, no, you know, when I... you get those, those body dysmorphia fat days and. Yes. <clears throat> oh, yeah which you are is about as lean as they come these days, but you're still, right. Just, but I still get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I have to look up my BMI to remind myself that I am within my normal range. You know what I mean? Because you're, it's all up here. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, I think it's great that you're reminding yourself that your behavior with eating nuts is, is being a little, uh, uh, compulsive, you know, so you, to remind yourself like, Hey, I, I need a physical reminder other than my physical discomfort. Like I need something written down because you already did that with booze. And I think that was a lot of your process with get in your recovery has been writing it out or just mm-hmm. writing it down, just like making a physical marking of it. Um, you know what? And this is kind of off the path a little bit. What works for me is I don't really eat hardly any nuts. I eat a lot of popcorn because mm. popcorn's super locale and, uh, it has that same tactile feeling of like eating. I mean, I still fuck with chips and crackers every once in a while, but it's mostly popcorn. But anyway, so yeah, uh, eat some popcorn. But anyway, uh, I think it's I think it's a really what you're doing is is really positive. You know, it's a really positive thing because you're you're looking at it and you're recognizing it, and now you're like, okay, now I need to make a move to stop it. You know. It like, just, can you limit your nut intake? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I can't. It's also expensive. They're not cheap. Yeah. You know? No. Like I don't have mm-hmm. I don't have like a nut hookup or anything like that. It's just I'm just spending ten dollars a pound or whatever the fuck it is for like a little bag yeah. of nuts. And um but yeah, I could probably limit it and I could probably measure it out. You know, I kinda I didn't give up, but I was just like I was just getting tired of all the fucking tediousness around everything, you know, and that's when I was like, you know what, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna count my calories. I'm I'm just over this. And I get this I was just I was overwhelmed with all of the maintenance that's required for me. Yeah. And but but this was this was this good reminder of the way that my brain thinks like okay, just eat this and then oh wait, the next morning I got this nut hangover <laughs> which right. seems you get that nut hangover. <laughs> it's dude. silly, but it's like okay, remember this. This is why this is not healthy behavior. Um you know, but I was just so overwhelmed and I get so tired and I had a therapy session this morning and I was saying that uh-huh. I was just like, you know what? Sometimes I feel like I'm trying to impress my therapist with how good things are, or how well I can, yeah, I can intellectualize my emotions, you know, or how objective I can be about how I need to do these things, and everything will be fine. I'm like, I don't want to fucking do it anymore, and I don't want to maintain. And it's not that I'm like, and I'm sure you feel this way too. Sometimes it's not that I want to go have a drink. Hmm. But I'm just getting so fucking tired of all the little things and all the shit that needs to be done. And every, sing- yes. every single day, like, can I just yes, have a day, day off? Fucking A. You know? <laughs> like, that's- I, but you can, though, every once in a while. You sure. can just let it, let it slide one day, you know, whether it's – I mean, you can give yourself respite. I, like, yeah. if I have to – you know, I was a point in time where I had my morning chores, you know, doing the dishes and feeding the animals and – making my breakfast and and i had to do that all right after the workout and after like month number you know six or seven of doing it i was like this is bullshit you know so that i just wouldn't do the dishes one day be like fuck it i'm gonna do them later you know Mm -hmm. or put it off but yeah i think you can give yourself a break i think um i don't know did your counselor was she like there ain't nothing wrong with that buddy basically yeah she said i get it you're not well one she said you're not alone and I said, yeah. Uh, I did mean, she say you? She said you're nut alone. You're nut. <laughs> yes. You didn't even get the first nut pun. Oh I was no! What did you wait? Did I miss it? There. What did you say? She, she said there ain't nothing wrong. There ain't with nothing that. wrong. Yeah. See, I was. <laughs> you're nut alone, dude. You're not alone. Uh-huh. Um, Let's get down basically, to the nuts and bolts. You know, get down to the nuts and bolts. She basically mm-hmm. said that, and you know, um, find knowing. Knowing that it's not helpful is a good start for me. For me, mm-hmm. 
right? I go, okay, well, right. why do you have these angry, frustrating, you know, how do you get these emotions out? And one of the ways, and she reminded me, she's like, you wrote, you wrote that angry letter to your dead father. Maybe mm-hmm. write a letter to the smoke in the sky. I mean, it sounds fucking out there, but write a letter to a bag of cashews. If it worked, right. if it if it helped me to process some of the rage and anger and frustration in one aspect, in a very large one, then maybe I yeah. could. I mean, here's my... It wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. It's not going to hurt anything yeah. to be like, no, dear cashews, why are you so good? I right, you. and you are all alone. Right, I hate, I hate you. You're like, let's let's address the elephant in the lagoon. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> but uh, I think <laughs> it's you're all alone in this house. If you write this thing, it's not like I'm gonna walk in the room and be like, that's fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the only person making you feel self conscious about it is you because you're alone. It's you know, and there's no the critical roommate there. No, you know, I, I, if it, and if it worked with one thing, try it with another, and if it doesn't work, well, then you know, you'll figure out something else. You yeah, know? that's all. Life is is a series of adjustments. You know. Well, and just the fact that we are living in a time where being in the moment is literally all we have. The future's yeah. never been so uncertain, and I know that for me, I've never experienced it this way i've never experienced it in such a way where i couldn't like just not think about the next six months right or i could just kind of go like okay yeah just kind of doing my thing life is good all right and it's it's overwhelming because i think oh well when the real economic crisis hits will i be okay at what point are people you know i start thinking Okay, well, at what point does the guy next door, when his kids can't eat, is he gonna come over with a gun, take all your nuts, and take all dude. my nuts? Like, I mean, I start thinking about these things and I can't sleep. No, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I think, well, well, do I have enough rice? Do I have four months worth of rice to like weather the storm of all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, is that is that an insane thought? Am I being crazy? Because I'm not. Like, I'm mostly a pretty sound person rational Mm -hmm. person and then i think well how many bags of rice is enough john if you had six or 60 if you had 60 bags of rice would you feel comfortable about the future and the answer is not really i mean i'd have that rice problem solved but (laughs) i don't know man i i I, so i don't want to like go down this like path of paranoia but when i'm falling asleep at night sometimes that's where i go yeah. And um, which, by the way, I mean, sleep has been a little bit better because these new pillows. Did I tell you about this? No. Did the new pillows? We talked about oh this last pod, though. God. And I was like telling you the pillows are important. You think they're not, but it worked, huh? And you want to know working. you want to you want to know what my old pillows were? They were fucking my pillow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. OK. I, got, so I had to get ditched those. That, dude, that was bad. He's all, hey, hey, I got a cure for Corona <laughs> inside the pillow. Hey. <laughs> Rub the pillow on your face. You'll never have Corona again. I'm talking to the Jesus Christ and our president. <clears throat> Basically. And um, yeah. so I I got rid of those pillows. I got some crushed. It's like shaved or crushed or something like that bamboo. And it's mm-hmm. so supportive. And it makes it makes a huge difference. Now, there's still the, the paranoia for the future that keeps me up at night. Um, right. But I'm really, you know, there's the notion of... Um, Suffering is just the resistance of what is. And um, right. mm-hmm. so I'm really ruining my ability to get to sleep at night. And I, all, the only thing that is the only thing that's getting ruined by my worry of the future is my present. Mm-hmm. And again, easy to say, right? Easy to easy to be like, yeah. well, I'm just going to have to live in the moment, be more mindful. Maybe not eat so right. many nuts, but right. I need to I need to fucking maybe I need to fourth step the bag of cashews and really get into maybe you it, do, you know? You know? Like- yeah, because I really feel like it is a an ex- it is absolutely an extension of your alcoholism. This is that dry drunk shit we're talking about. You mm-hmm. might be on a little bender, a nut bender, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like because of your attitude and the way you pursue it, you know, and and, and your uh your relationship with it, you know. It's just mm-hmm. like well, it's like my obsessive relationship with like 
the way I approach the way I eat or the way I work out. And like my future tripping, I have a ton of it too. And it's a lot of it's political and a lot of it is about our culture and everything that's happening in our world. And mm-hmm. It's all that. It's all the big shit that's happening. I future trip about that. But then I also future trip about the little things like, oh shit, I fucking went over today on my numbers, on my calories. Am I going to, after all this hard work, am I going to relapse and gain all this weight back? Am I going to take all this hard work being healthy and cast it aside? Or, you know, like, oh shit, we're running low on money. Like, am I going to have to go back into the shop and start doing walk-ins and open myself up to catching COVID, you know, and those kinds of things. But there's, I can't, there's not much I can do about those things. You know, mm-hmm. no. I have some control, but I think with with the alcoholic mind, we want to have all the control, right? That's why we drank so much, so we could be in control of us losing control. I never liked psychedelics, right? I never no. took. I fucking hated them. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I didn't like psychedelics is because I did not like that feeling of being out of control. But then I would black out and take my fucking clothes off in front of everybody, or black out and yell at everybody and be completely out of control. But be like, oh no, I like liquor because I. I feel more in control, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I yeah. shared that same. Yeah. I shared that same sentiment. Since I understand, mm-hmm. and I was completely out of control. Right. The whole. Well, we we crave control. I think it's part of our. I I wonder if there is a correlation between substance abuse, alcoholism, those kinds of things, and obsessive compulsive disorder. I really mm-hmm. wonder if there's some type of neurological correlation between the two, you know. So because it is an obsessive compulsion. Please ask all your scientists, your neuroscientist friends um, about OCD and alcoholism. We'd love to hear from you. Right? It'd be interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean – And I will will also – I don't mean to interrupt, mm -hmm. but I will recognize that there is the physical aspect of it as well. I mean we are alcoholics because we became physically addicted to alcohol. Yes. Mixed in with the psychological aspect just like people who are addicted to cocaine or any other substance – there's the physical addiction. So I just, I, I don't, I don't want this to go out and to me be like, maybe it's all form of OCD and someone's at home washing dishes being like, no dummy. It's also <laughs> physically addictive. Cause I talk to my podcasts a lot too. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, um, I mean, I think it's both. I think that the point that I've, I, I'm the point that I think I'm trying to make or, or work through here, which is a lot of what this is, is us just working yeah. through it. Um, yeah. Is that it's it's that emotional attachment to things because I'm not gonna. There's no way that a bag of almonds or a bag of cashews is gonna fucking ruin my life. I mean, right. I would have to really work hard at it. I would have to eat. But a it'll lot. ruin your fucking day. It'll though. ruin my day. It, it can very easily ruin. It can definitely ruin my morning. I promise you that. It was not. Mm. I did not feel well. Um, but you know, because then then I start doing things like. I get one bag of smoked almonds and then I get one of raw and I kind of mix them because the smoked mm-hmm. are like too salty. And then I, it reminds yeah. me of that Mark Marin bit about ice cream, about how he'll get like the Rocky Road and then he'll get the regular vanilla and he'll cut it because the Rocky Road is too much for him. And he talks yeah. about he does the whole – just look up Mark Marin's ice cream bit if you're in, uh-huh. if you're into alcoholism, obsessive compulsive or just you know eating disorders. It's great. It's very – it hits home for me. But so then I'm like cutting the almonds and I've got this whole little system around nuts and like what I eat it Uh with and like I eat it with a nectarine and I take a bite here and then I do a little bit and it's like or a peach and it's like peach pie or it's like apple Uh pie and I'm imagining that I'm having a piece of apple pie and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, John, just go have a piece of apple pie and be done with it. (laughs) Really? So thinking Uh, that this is somehow a healthy alternative to obsess over uh this food rather than move on to something else. Um, And there's a quote and I'm sure it's not just him. I'm sure it's been said many times before about, but I think rich roll says it. I hear him say it quite often is that action action precedes mood. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and again, I can tell you that after I, evacuated my the the my bowels this morning i'm sorry i don't mean to be so graphic but it was really painful and it was not i did not feel well so i'm really trying to remind that remind myself of that and share that with everybody out there like 
we need these i i need these painful moments to remember what is it jerry right. told me when i first got sober tattoo that bender right. that last bender tattoo it on your brain and do not forget it and go back to it when you need it and that is one of the tools of repairing the damage that i've done so yeah so that being said i've also committed myself to this month to do the 100 push-ups the 100 crunches and the 100 squats now I pulled a muscle in my back fucking doing squats and I was like, damn it, you know, like not this morning, but like last week. And I was like, fuck, dude, like what? And my ankles are hurting when I'm trying to run. And like, is it just the? And so there's all these things. So, right. I'm supposed to like, what am I supposed to learn from this? And I'm fucking tired of learning, Jerry. But it doesn't mean that it's going to stop. So, um, but I, so I did it. I did my, I did my hundred, hundred, hundred. I did my 300 for today. And I always Mm -hmm. say like, you will not enjoy this and this will not be over soon, you know, but I right. did it anyway and I felt better about everything afterwards. So it helps. Exercise helps and movement helps. Yeah. And I can't, well, this is what you're going to have to do while you can't run. Yeah. You know, I'd look into high intensity workouts. I know they're they're probably pretty fucking wild, but mm-hmm. like it's a lot of burpees and, mm-hmm. and body movement, but it'll get your cardio rate up. Yeah. So yeah, I've looked into it. I've tried them. It's like the Jane Fonda aerobics, but you know, it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like the YouTube version. Yeah, that's fine, because uh, I'm gonna need to find something else that's going to allow me, you know, the ease and comfort that I'm looking for. Um, mm-hmm. This is downtime anyway. It's just like if you had injured yourself running, you wouldn't be able to run. At least it's not an injury, so physically you're still able. Yep. To use your body. You mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. And I think I like that you're making yourself accountable, though. I'm trying. Like you, you're coming on the podcast and being like, "I shit hard. It's hard shit." <laughs> Jesus. Let me tell you, folks. You know, and everybody. Now you're gonna have the people that hit you up on Instagram be like, "You better not be eating no nuts today. Eat that popcorn," like Jerry said. Although maybe the popcorn won't help you. I don't know, but but then I. But then at the popcorn, uh, how many bags would it be? Would it? You know how how up, dude? I. You, me and I, you and I are so different. I like eat all of my snacks out of a measuring cup. Mm-hmm. Like I have a glass Lexan me- or Lexan glass measuring cup, and if the bag says uh, two and a half cups of smart food popcorn is 150 calories, I like pour two and a half cups in the bag, and then I'll just eat it. So I have like yeah, I'm always just walk around with a measuring cup full of like crackers or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I measure it out, I count out the crackers, and that's how many I eat. I might eat one or two little extra. Like yeah, you did a good job today, Jerry. You get an extra handful of kettle corn. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But you and I are very different though, and I think mm-hmm. you know I think my manner of controlling the portion of which I eat ties in with my alcoholism. Do you know what I mean? Because I was a binge drinker, but I also tried really hard to portion the amount I drank to ensure that I had enough later. Yeah. And I knew it was a hard drunk when I didn't have enough booze the next day. I was like, oh, that was a hard drunk. But usually I was like, okay, I can do three quarters of this fifth and I can have a quarter of it left tomorrow to get me through the morning till I get back to the store to buy another fifth. And so with you, I think you were just like, I'm going to drink this whole fucking fifth right now mm-hmm. and then we'll see what happens tomorrow. I've always portioned out, even with cigarettes, I'd be like, I got 20 in a pack. If I smoke 15 tonight, maybe 16, I'll have enough till I get to the store tomorrow. Like I, my brain's always worked like that. It's true. And it's so, true. So, so the alcoholism being this big umbrella in which we can all relate and things resonate with each other that, that need an obsession and that desperation, we can all grab that we all approached it in different kind of ways you know Mm -hmm. like i would hear someone do a share at a meeting and they were like first time i drank i drank till i fucking shit and puked myself and loved it and never stopped and i was eight years old or whatever you know and i was like that was not my experience i didn't drink myself till i vomited the first time i drank i like came into my alcoholism like really tentatively you know Mm -hmm. So we're all different and we're all the same because I know in the program, they're always like, well, you got to get rid of that terminal uniqueness. You can't be so unique, but we all approach it a little bit different. You know, we have that one big drive and we all get it. You know, Mm -hmm. once we get in a room, start talking, we all understand that drive, but we all approached it really differently. Yeah. And I think your approach was balls out. And my approach was like still balls out, but was a little measure to make sure that I had enough left for later. You know? Right. There was always this, mm-hmm. you know, concern about being and then about being prepared for tomorrow's inevitable, painful moment. 
Um, right. So I'm going to, I'm just going to have to, I'm going to have to find something else that works. And I, I know that the exercise right. really did make me feel mm-hmm. better, like emotionally, like I felt lighter after right. I was done with it, mm-hmm. after I go, okay, I can do it. And it hurts. And you'd like, I mean, if you were, if you heard me in the other room, like, like, you know, no, I do the same thing when I lift weights, I actually had the option and this is going to be more, I think of a fitness <clears> podcast <throat> today, but I had the option between lifting weights and running. Cause those are my two things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I want to do? And I was like, man, I don't want to lift weights. I want to run. So I ran, I ran six miles today, but nice. But say I do the same thing. Yeah, I didn't do great though because last time I ran was on Thursday and I got fucking stung by a wasp and it like fucked my whole run and so I haven't really been keeping up. You know what I mean? I had like all mm-hmm. that downtime up until this Monday. So my lungs got real hot really quick. Mm. But but no, thank you. I appreciate that. But now I'm trying to make six my new regular. But that being said, I do the same thing when I lift weights. I like grunt. My wife and daughter usually still sleep because they sleep in. I'm up at between 8.30 and 9. I'm up by 7 a.m. I'm working out between 8.30 and 9. And I'm just like, hmm. hey, f-. yeah, I'll curse sometimes. You fucking bitch. Like what I'm doing, you know, the Russian twists or the planks. Mm. Yeah, planks are a motherfucker, dude. <clears throat> maybe I need to mix it up here a little bit and maybe start doing my workout do. first thing. And then instead of my reading and writing and maybe do that afterwards. I what? do. I very first thing I do. I have coffee. I watch the news, and then I work out. And <coughs> the rest of the day goes from there. Then I make breakfast, feed the animals. Well, all of feed the animals now. We trade mm. it off, but nice. she's doing her chores now. I'm gave her chores like a real dad. Nice. Anyway, <laughs> you're like yeah, you're like, like. There's some schedule. chores in this house. There's some chores in this house. There's some chores. Yep. I want to find a wap for the dog and the cat, like. Feed that pussy, like feed the cat. That's gross. <laughs> don't but, don't yeah. do that. That's yeah. so gross. There's some chores in this house. Right? <laughs> just, I, don't That's so okay. I don't know. Horrible, man. Um, but uh, sorry, certified freak. Seven There's days a week. There's some chores in this house. There's some chores in this house. Fucking, oh, Jesus. Oh my God. Um, but yeah. So I I I am I am open and willing to finding something new to combat yet again another bout of alcoholism this time with you know almonds and nuts right i'm gonna have uh, i'm gonna have to do a no nut november of my own um (laughs) you do i was about to say you gotta do a no nut november i think it's just your approach to things that make you feel good just like with running Mm -hmm. which is a positive thing because it's not like you're out there pushing yourself so hard you're tearing a hammy no do you know what i'm saying like you run within reason but it makes you feel good so now that thing is being taken away and you're like, I need something else to make me feel good. But I think anything that goes in your mouth, you like overdo it. Yeah. I remember the whole Halo Top ice cream thing. I thought that I had found yeah. the fucking holy grail of like, I'll just eat cucumbers all day so I can pound three pints of ice cream at the end of the night. And I'm like, this is, this doesn't seem right. This is not what normal people do. Well, it's not good for your guts. Yeah. <laughs> but it works within the parameters of cal- calorie right? counting. Yeah. But- yeah, but it's still not. It's not. But so, healthy. Uh, but it's funny. You're. I mean, it's funny. Both our brains are wired that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and this works with the theme of the pod. You know, like what about? I've been shortening it to pod. By the way, I like that. No, the theme of the pod. I'm is part it, of the game now. Is that? Is that? It, it's not too pretentious, is it? Call it the pod. Welcome the pod. To the pod. It's very pretentious. Okay. <laughs> I, I, in my opinion. Yes. But I'm saying I'm part of the game. Like I'm playing the podcast game now. So I'm like, Yo, Megan, I got to do the pod. At once, yeah. just so you know. So I'm yeah. going to need you girls to be quiet. Because daddy's got to record his recovery pod. Um, what about... You ever have people ask you about your podcast that don't know about it, and then you're like, yeah, it's a recovery podcast. Occasionally I mean, it'll come up, um, but people don't... Because usually the, almost everybody, like everybody that I work with, drinks. Um, some, right. some more than others. Like, I don't, you know, I, but there's always like there's wine tasting it's a restaurant so like new wines right. show up people are always sipping or they pass around like a tray of this is our new cabernet blah 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 and like i'll give it a oh, sniff so they all know you're sober then yeah and everybody knows yeah. that i don't drink um i haven't like if somebody comes up to me and asks you know i'll i'll mm-hmm. tell them i'll tell them that i'm in a program i'll tell them if they ask me well, how did you do that? Or how, why do you do that? And I say, because mm-hmm. basically I just say, long story short, I drank as much as I possibly could and it didn't work for me anymore. And I had to stop because I can't, That's great. you know, like, yeah, but <clears throat> for the most part, people are either, they know 
or um, some people follow me on social media. So when I share those things, it's fairly, I, I assume it's obvious. Obvious. Yeah. When you have a podcast yeah. called AS for Alcoholic. It's not. They're like either these guys love the party, <laughs> or they or they love the party, right? Yeah. Um. What about? Let me ask you this. What about like, hmm. um, emotionally? So we talk about alcohol. We talk about food. What about emotions? And I know that you like rage or anger or frustration. Um. And yeah. feeding mm-hmm. into those kinds of things alcoholically, quote unquote, or or not trying to find healthier ways. And I, I know that, you know, you right. you talk about obviously having some sort of argument with, say, your wife, and you go, oh, well, yeah. baby, I'm sorry, or I apologize, or um, I don't know what my actual question is, Jerry, other than right. well, what no, you, how you do you what? combat those moments of... I, it's hard. It's very difficult because I've all I've ever done is indulge those moments, right? And I tend to, in recovery relate those moments to my alcoholism Mm -hmm. so like my anger my frustration my impatience and uh, my resentment they in my mind mentally now i've like tied them all into my alcoholism like they just are in lockstep so when i indulge those feelings i feel like in a way it's like a tiny relapse like i feel that guilt and shame and i know that you know if you're out there and you've relapsed you shouldn't feel guilt and shame you should just know that what you're doing wasn't working the way you're doing it. So you got to find another way to do it, you know, mm-hmm. but I still, but it's a human, it's a part of my human nature to feel guilty and ashamed when I, when I am impatient or get frustrated and what I've been trying to practice patience a lot. It's so abstract, right? Because it's like that mental work you have to do on yourself. So for me, it's like finding the reason, looking at the reason why, and then I don't know, trying to find some type of technique, which is so abstract because it's like, how do I just not be fucking angry? There's everything in the world to be fucking angry about, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, my, I don't know, man. Like, if I get frustrated with, like, my family or whatever, I just, I, my impulse is to snap out and get really frustrated. And I can see myself doing the thing in my head before I do it sometimes, especially if I break something or you know, whip something across the room. Like my mind has already done it. My mind's like, grab that and throw it. And then I'll just, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know, like it's like that quick thing. And so now I've been ignoring that, you know, and I'm not saying I'm a rage monster who's walking around throwing shit around the no. house. I used to kind of be, but I kind of, I, you know, in the past, I guess I was, but now when I see myself saying something or snapping out at someone or using like a really hard tone with my daughter or my wife, when I know that I'm just feeling frustrated about something, like I refrain from it for a second. Like I have to pull back on the urge, just like pulling back on that urge in early recovery where every 10 seconds I was like, you're not drinking. Why aren't you drinking? You know, so it's, it's hard. It's, it's like this mental thing in my head. I just have to like pull back on it to like not let it out. Cause it's really ambiguous to be like, well, I've been doing a lot of work on me, you know, because we yeah, know what work is, yeah. work is washing dishes or digging ditches or mowing your lawn. But doing work on yourself is what, like what exactly? I just sit down and reflect really hard. Like I just, I've always had a hard time with that, ambi- that kind of ambiguous talk, you know? Well, I think that, I mean, I, I think that in some ways you've nailed it where you talk about, where you say, I see it in my mind first. Mm-hmm. And I then, always have. And then I, I kind of ignore it in the same way as um, the movie A Beautiful Mind, where you see the fucking schizophrenic hallucinations. They're still there. Right. You just don't right. give any sort of credence or voice to them. Yes. Yeah. It is kind of like that. I got a little Russell Crowe thing going on. <laughs> um, and this is the funny thing about, um, once again, sorry, I don't mean mm-hmm. to interrupt you, but what in uh, my active alcoholism especially during blackouts, which I didn't remember, but just even I remember being mean drunk and angry drunk. That voice wasn't there. I just did it. Like I would just do those things. Like I would just pick up a fucking beer glass and throw it across the room. Like you were there that was no voice. voice. I was the voice. Yeah. Yes, I was, John. It's like that alcoholic went from the back seat of the car and just fucking scoot over, motherfucker. We're going to drive on the sidewalk. And mm-hmm. that's what we did. You know, like... That's absolutely what it was. And now in recovery, that voice, I always tie it in with my alcoholic. I just had a breakthrough on the podcast. Boom. Mm-hmm. 
I'm helping myself. This is what doing the work is. <laughs> doing the work. <laughs> uh, so I think, well, one, talking it out with somebody else, regardless of, of who yeah. that person is, it doesn't need to be necessarily a sponsor or a therapist. Right. Uh, somebody who's willing neighbor. to listen. Just talk to you. Yeah. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> yeah. I'm just grabbing the garbage can. I'm like, you know what fuels my alcoholism? And she's just like, I just. <laughs> I'm just checking I the just mail. I if you're getting those turkeys in your yard. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, and I remember this. I have a. I have a fairly vivid memory because I was a little shocked and and I wasn't shocked at mu- much with you and I uh-huh. because we were so we were but I remember I feel oh, like crap. it was you were living in the Silver Lace apartments and so yeah. we all had like flip phones, right? Cell phones. They were they remember the original yeah. cell phone, the flip phone. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, had an I remember yeah. you having some I don't know if it was a problem with the phone or the person on the other end of the phone. But oh, I geez. do, I do remember you taking the phone and throwing it across the room, and uh-huh. my thought was not I'm scared of his rage or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck, dude! I couldn't throw my phone. That shit's expensive. Like, I gotta go get another yeah, one. Yeah, he's gotta I, go buy a new phone. Yeah. But that didn't your and I didn't understand that as I was just like, Jesus, man, that's fucking money you're throwing out, and you didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess you just went and bought another phone. Uh, probably or just use a busted phone for like three months until I <laughs> um, do enough fucking lower back tattoos mm-hmm. so but it just it kind of shocked me in that moment not because I was afraid you were going to throw something at me or that you were going to right. be violent towards somebody I feel like I remember your rage drunkenly was mostly toward inanimate objects although you know your always has your been, wife yeah. might have might say something you know like verbally you would be loud right. i mean we were we were all that way i'm not pointing the blame on you or saying no no i know what you, you mean yeah no i never punched anyone no. like you know not to justify my actions because a lot of my actions i would looking back on i'd be like god that's semi-abusive in a relationship mm-hmm. if not emotionally abusive like you're sitting with a person who gets so mad he throws a fucking phone at the wall smashes it like then you're thinking is he gonna throw a phone at me you know so i get that and i own that and we've talked about that but it was a lot of inanimate i broke a lot of shit i mean you have not that we're gonna talk about that have the jerry breaking shit hour but talk to coda about it one night Mm -hmm. he'll tell you how many fucking phones just cordless phones we went through at the house i'd fight with my ex-girlfriend and just smash the phone i remember throwing a coffee cup out the back door when we were arguing and she got in her car and just not looking, I just threw a coffee cup out the back door and it flew over the fence and hit the roof of her car and exploded. And I was just like, in hindsight, I'm like, I chuckled cause I'm so shocked at that. Like what the fuck dude, you know? So yeah, that voice <clears throat> took the front seat. That voice definitely drove the car for years. Dude, I had dude, to fight dude, him back there. Looking dude. out my back door. <laughs> right. Like a hucking a fucking coffee mug. At- yeah. Um, yeah, I I did that a little bit. There, I remember you want to. Uh, I, I there was, I think too. Uh, I remember throwing a. And this is how long ago it was, a VHS tape from Blockbuster Video, out the second story uh-huh. window and shattering the window, and then having to live with a, a window. Um, oh yeah, I remember that too. Mm-hmm. I had to, and it was like there was an awning, so I was on the second story, but I had to live with an open window for like a few days. And mm-hmm. we lived in a college town, and the college town was filled with drunk college kids. And you get enough of those those kids together, and they start dumpster fires on the little the little roundabouts. And so they have tiny riots. So they have yeah. tiny riots, right? And at this point, I was going to have to call my landlord and say I broke the window. I need to get get it replaced. And I, I think now I need to make amends for this. I don't know how I do that. But so when I did finally call the landlord, it was the day after one of these dumpster fires that were right outside my house. And I told them that one of the rioters had thrown something through my window and I needed my window replaced. Mm-hmm. So I lied yeah. to the landlord about breaking the window myself so that I didn't have to deal with the consequences of my actions. Oh, no, I know. You told me this back in like 2002, <laughs> and I was like so proud of you. I was yeah. like, that is fucking genius. You broke something, and you fucking got away with a lie. I was like, you're a fucking criminal mastermind. <laughs> right? Like, these like were that things- was so smart to me, yeah, because usually I just break something and be like, yeah, I fucked it up. Sorry. You know, like, I'll get a new one, you know, and you were like, 
Oh no, it was the riots, you see. <laughs> Which I couldn't even call them riots. It's like no. entitled drunk college kids. They'd break up a party, and these entitled white college kids would tear up yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, that is. And so these behaviors now, emotionally, they they still exist to some extent. Like I still act out impulsively sometimes, mm-hmm. but um, not not nearly. I mean, they've really gone down. And I'm you know I'm just trying to be transparent for the sake of the pod. You know, like I'm not living my perfect life here. You know, I don't think either of us are living what we consider to be an ideal life. But it's working, and we're happy for the most part. I at least for myself, I'm content i'm content for the most part you know yeah but no i'm not emotionally living my perfect life and i I think people who tell you they are i have a kind of a mistrust for them you know i mean if you've read the uh if you've ever read or listened to the dalai lama um speaking of people who you know supposedly are emotionally and spiritually you know living their best life right he talks about getting sad and depressed and i read the book the um the art of happiness and he talks about like even Mm -hmm. he so here's this dude who's supposed to be the spiritual uh leader of a group of people who are you know supposedly this sort of monkish and i'm i'm making a huge generalization here right but the idea the notion the i the ideal is to be this sort of calm zen you know ease and comfort right we're supposed to be content it doesn't have to and even this person who uh, is is we we expect to be that way has problems, and gets disappointed yeah, and gets of frustrated. Course. And yeah. So yeah. it's it's it again. It's just such a human thing that we have to contend with, and especially in the world today. Yeah. Ugh. I, I... We're covered in nerves, dude. <laughs> We're always going to be too hot, too cold. Do you know what I mean? Our stomachs mm-hmm. are going to hurt. We're going to have headaches. Our legs are fucked up got fucking autoimmune dis- disease, whatever, got cancer. I got fucking hairs falling out. I don't know. I know mm-hmm. cancer and autoimmune disease are not really in that list. But but like there's always – we're always – there's always going to be something wrong. We're human beings. We're covered in nerves. You know, we're covered in these tactile feeling fucking organs. And then we got one big giant tactile feeling organ in our head that tells us – that makes us doubt ourselves constantly, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I – have, entire mistrust for people who don't who absolutely don't doubt themselves like i always wonder what they're up to you know i'm like huh, i don't know too. you sent me that pma book and i made it into a little bit and i don't think he's a bad guy i don't know if i mistrust him or not yet i know he's been through a lot of shit um but he he makes me laugh though because he's like be fucking positive you fucking pussy you yeah. bitch get your shit together because he's super east coast but, right so uh, so i trust him on that end because i'm like yo that dude has seen some shit so he's earned his positivity you know what i yeah, mean yeah he'll talk about bring it up, he'll talk yeah. more about it too um but the book we're talking about uh john joseph what's his last name i don't know i can't remember the book's sitting over there john joseph the the book is called pma positive mental attitude and mm-hmm. I'm just finishing it on audiobook, and it's it's great because yes, he's from he's from New York City, so he's got that yeah. accent, and he's not afraid to swear, and he's not afraid to use crude language when he's talking about Swami Prabhupada or um, you know these right, these and he's like a vegan huge, too, so he's like yeah, you gotta save those fucking baby calves, you fucking scumbag. <laughs> Basically, don't be eating those fucking baby calves. What are you, some kind of fucking? Mental case. Yeah. Be happy, motherfucker. Uh, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, I'm doing the physical book and I can hear his voice doing it. And I'm like, I enjoy it, but I'm also like, I, I guess I bring him up because I'm like, I am not a suspect of your positive attitude because you've earned that shit. Right. You know? And so yeah. it's, yeah, you're right. It's hard to trust when we, we as alcoholics, I as an alcoholic am always battling. Every day Very I'm battling skeptical. some some sort of, misery or frustration or anger or sadness and so for somebody to say well i'm just happy all the time it's like yeah are you because i don't believe you and so yeah you're right and i i his his attitude and he he's earned it so you know and he talks he'll he talks more about the whole idea of like working on it and every single day consistently what do you do today tomorrow the next day the next day you have to do it every single day maybe i'll read this one too. Maybe I'll audiobook this one so I can read it while I'm painting. Mm-hmm. So I can maybe he's doing the work that I find ambiguous. 
Yeah. Maybe he'll explain to me the work that I need to do. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like when they always say do the work and I'm like, that's a word. I don't know what that word means, but it means work. Well, I, if you audio book him too, I got two credits from audible. I might just bite the bullet and just buy it. The monthly thing from audible. We're not sponsored by audible, but audible, (laughs) if you want to sponsor us, man, I'll listen to all your books and we won't curse during our commercial for you but right. we will curse during the rest of the podcast 100 percent. you fucking pussy <clears throat> he's great he's great but yeah you're right because he it feels it feels genuine and i, I yes uh-huh i think that that's really an, an an important that's the most important quality not whether or not you're positive all the time or that you're miserable because i don't want to listen to somebody who's miserable either no without oh, i have friends who are miserable <laughs> they're funny but i'm also like dang man but um, yeah. I think you're right. Be genuine and be sincere in your actions. You know, I think maybe that's part of the work too. Mm-hmm. Is being genuine in your actions, being sincere. Empathy. I always felt like empathy was a big part of recovery for me mm-hmm. because that was the only way I could know that I wasn't alone was to be empathetic towards another person. Right. And, and relate. Yeah, that was the only way. And I think that sense of comradeship, that companionship of knowing there were others in the same situation as me, was super valuable. Mm-hmm. Always has been. Yeah. yeah. Even now. Yeah, I forget it sometimes. Finding out if listening and being empathetic and and knowing that when you know that somebody else that you're not alone. That's what I yeah. want to say. You're not alone. Yeah. You go, "Oh shit, alone. you too?" Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All of us. All of us. Not all of us, but all of us. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Wink wink, wink. you know yes, all of us. All of us, all of us who've yes. been in the boat, you know, in mm-hmm. the drunk tank, you know. Yeah. And I, I think too that it's well, it's I is this such a weird old homeless like train bum? All of us together, you know, wink wink. All of us in the in the car. Train bum. We're all taking our pants off. Mm-hmm. Why are your pants still on, buddy? Take your pants off. Um, Take your pants off. Well, it, it, the the other part of that is, that I feel like it's okay to have those feelings. Sadness, depression, anger, frustration, rage, yeah, all of those things, right? It's human. It's a human thing, yeah. I need to feel those things. I need to feel them fully. And <laughs> and understand, one, that they're not going to last forever. And mm-hmm. two, find my way back to a place that is helpful rather than harmful. Yeah. <clears throat> Being miserable all the time is ultimately going to be harmful. Being angry yeah. all the time is ultimately going to be harmful to me and my mm-hmm. my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health. Being right. being sad is going to be harmful. So how do I take those things, feel those things and go, "Okay. Um how do I feel better? How do I do the yeah. work?" I think that part of it is I'm going to say this and it's not for everybody, but I think push-ups are are a good place to start because if you push-ups are the part, yeah, (laughs) if you, if, if you get down on the floor and you do, if you even do fucking three push-ups, like there's nowhere else to be, there's nowhere else to go. Nothing else is going on. You know, you are right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a plank or do a plank, right? Like that's it. Oh yeah. That's where you're at. Yeah. I do the push-ups and the planks. I do tricky push-ups still that's you're in that moment. That's definitely a, Sense of mindfulness is mm-hmm. planks or push-ups. Uh, absolutely planks, absolutely push-ups. Physical exertion. Physical exertion. Helpful. So I'm, I'm... Definitely keeps you mindful. Makes you know oh. how long 45 seconds really is. Right. Yes. So I'm going to keep that up. Uh, I have tomorrow, um, assuming that all goes well, we're, we're you know dealing with what we're dealing with in Northern California and uh-huh. um, with all the wildfires and stuff and i'm man you guys should have just raked your forests right man. Yeah, just clean up fuck, the floors Doug? that's all it you is gotta you gotta clean up those billions of acres of forest y'all mm-hmm. damn california so we rake here all the time in Oregon. <laughs> every day everybody's every day. got a rake so i'm mm-hmm. gonna clean up some of my defensible space around my house i don't know if you know this mm-hmm. uh this term if you've heard this term never heard it but i imagine you what you're raking up are you literally literally raking up around your house yeah. so your house won't burn basically yeah, yeah kind of just you know getting all the debris and brush and stuff like that that's close to the that's house that's physical action so that's what i'm that's you my just... plan for tomorrow and to have like yeah i'll probably record it and make some sort of video out of it you need to get a scuba tank <laughs> A scuba. So that way you have clean oxygen while you're raking. Oh, yeah. Get some sort of oxygen tank. Get a scuba right. tank. 
Your little canard mm-hmm. in your nose with the mask mm-hmm. over it, and then the little tank on the thing. You just wear it mm-hmm. on a backpack. I've got a fresh. I've got an old N95, and I think I have a fresh one around here too. So I mean, I'll. I mow the lawn in an N95 because of my allergies. Keeps right. falling out. Right. So, I think um, as we continue to work on all of our alcoholic behavior, alcohol aside, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What just just to recap? I think it's just important to be genuine, and and it's okay. It's yeah. really fucking okay to yeah. be. It's okay to be miserable. I don't. Yeah. I don't think well, it's not okay for me to be miserable all day. Not all day, but every once in a while. I know. Maybe your new experiment with the nuts is see if you can eat nuts like a gentleman. You know what <laughs> right? I right? Mean? Like measure yourself out a half a cup, like 180 calories worth of nuts. Just eat that. And if you end up on a nut binge, then you know you got a fucking problem. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but you got to do the experiment. Like I know when you were trying to quit drinking, you're probably like, maybe I can drink in moderation. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that didn't work after a few days. So maybe you can try to nut it up, nut it up in moderation, and then see how that rolls. And away. I had a glass of milk with my sandwich, and I thought, well, I could put a couple of nuts in the milk. <laughs> I could put a couple. I can maybe have some almond milk. Just take it straight to the source. Right. Um, is that the? Uh, so yeah, I think that, that I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah the story. That's where he's you putting know, the, the whiskey in the fucking milk. milk. Yeah. So gross, gross. man. That's why you relapse, because that's gross, dude. <laughs> that's not why you relapse, but yeah, so uh, gross. Yeah, um, too many whoopee parties, dude. Too many too whoopee many parties. Whoopee parties. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're referring to the to the big book if if you don't know, but um, but yeah. All right, Jerry. I think. All um, right, man. I think. I hope you have a good day. I hope all is yeah, well. Yeah, you too, man. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to make a concerted effort to have a good day. Yeah. So will I. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll make a vow. A vow. We'll both here's, try to have a good day. Here's to a good Monday. Yeah. We'll toast. We'll toast our nuts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Later. All right, John. Later. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at a is for alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.